Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch. It is one year old. And yeah. actually, it's one year old tomorrow. Yeah. So whenever this podcast is coming out? No. No. Saturday. Saturday. Oh, so the day after this yeah. podcast is coming yeah. out. Um, because it came out on a Friday last week. That makes sense. Like that, right? Yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense because it was our 200th episode that we yeah. talked about it. And so that yep. would be two weeks this time because it's, like, it's 52 weeks in a year. Yep. So two weeks removed from uh, from our 250th. So that yep. makes sense. Yep. All the math works out, Chris. Yep. It does. Um, so we are... Uh, that was interesting. That was my 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 watch over here. So we're talking about that and <laughs> about uh, my watch over here. No, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we've got some news. We do have some news. Um, and along with the the Switch thing, we're gonna be talking about like maybe like our uh, like the top games, like the must get games, like whenever you uh, get it, as well as like hey, what has our experience been for the last year? How it's changed gaming habits? Yeah, that yeah, sort I of feel thing. like yeah, if, yeah, we you know, I feel like a lot of people know what the good games are, but we can talk about like kind of like the state of this console I like as, it. A, as a overarching theme. I like it. Uh, so, John, what have you been up to this week? So, the biggest thing that I've been up to this week um, that I wanted to mention was I've been watching the CW show. I've been catching up, so I'm behind, but uh, I've been watching the new CW show, Black Lightning. And so I've watched the first two episodes mm-hmm. of that show. Is it good? Uh, it's really good. Uh, it's not in the Arrow universe. Mm. Um, like... I'm I'm surprised that they made that call, but I really enjoy like what they've got going on there. Um, at, he's like a retired superhero yeah. coming back to it nine years after he retired, and so you kind of have like a different perspective from the like young Barry Allen, the young uh, Oliver Queen, and and uh, so you kind of have this uh, this kind of. Um, grizzled more like mature superhero kind of uh, uh going at it which is uh which is really cool that's awesome i mean where does it fall on the spectrum of the dc cw shows for you for me like it's definitely like i fell off of of arrow like um arrow is no longer like number one we're like hey you know the uh the Flash has been like really good consistently all the way through. I would say this is probably after the first two episodes. Again, there's like four episodes out or five episodes out, so I'm I'm behind a little bit playing catch up. But after the first two episodes, this is kind of right, but like right there with uh, with the Flash, like kind of maybe a little bit below or whatever. They're doing some different stuff with it and some more more unique kind of things. Um, they've also alluded to the fact that like there are other cities with other heroes, mm. and so it, potentially it is in the same world as the uh the air universe um but they just don't have any crossover like there's no it's not like this is a spin-off of one of those shows it didn't arise like as like oh here's black lightning guest starring on the flash or something like yeah. that you know this is like it's it's hey here's just another story from another place and and going at it from that angle um but yeah, definitely up there, up there, like kind of right, right with the Flash for me, um, in terms of like production quality as well as in terms of like story and things like that. Um, and then probably below that would be kind of Arrow, and then uh, and Legends of Tomorrow. I like Legends of Tomorrow a little bit better than Arrow currently. Mm. Um, but then you know, then then kind of Arrow, which is almost exact opposite of where where it or it's all rearranged from where it was a couple of years ago. Where Legends of Tomorrow, like the first season, I was not a, not a fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is it, this story is definitely a uh, a 
on the the darkness realm like it, it has like some kind of darker themes going on yeah. so it kind of like kind of blends this this stuff together he's also like a, a high school principal mm-hmm. which is a really interesting way to look at it you know an interesting interesting lens to kind of put it. he's got two daughters in the, in the high school how'd and, you uh, how'd you feel it it did you know as a just as a uh, uh pilot as a pilot i definitely you could tell that they had a full series kind of planned behind it where like some pilots like where even like the arrow pilot or whatever, like I feel like I watched that and it was like, Hey, we just told a really cool story within this one hour. Whereas at the end of the first episode, I was like, okay, that was cool, but there's gotta be more because like it didn't necessarily wrap up almost anything as far as like the, that villain. Like it wasn't like a one and done kind of a, a villain. Like sometimes they are even like the, the pilot for flash or whatever. Like they kind of wrapped up whatever, whatever villain was going, which is kind of a, a different take on this episode. Cause there is like an ongoing kind of villain yeah. uh, going throughout this, like where it's like, they're setting that up very early to where it's not just like, Oh, here's a villain and he's throwing these random superpowered people at you mm-hmm. or whatever, like with Smallville or with, uh, with, I guess Arrow and sometimes I mean, Flash. I don't so. feel like that worked very well for Legends of Tomorrow, though. The ongoing kind of thing. Yeah, I think the scope was really large with that one, and that was probably what the what the main thing was. And also, I don't know that there was a lot of weird stuff with uh, with Legends of Tomorrow season one. Like there was yeah. a lot of of seemed like they they reached too far um, with a lot of the the even like leaning oh, on CG too much. And yeah, stuff I mean, like I've heard that. that it's gotten crazier, but it's also gotten better the crazier it's gotten. It definitely has. So maybe they're trying to be too serious the first time around probably i mean and that's the thing about about some of these is with flash or whatever like they they struck that balance of like hey this is really funny and quirky whereas it felt like legends of tomorrow was trying to go super serious um with the first season and then whenever they backed off and they went to the 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 crazy civil war zombies like that's whenever it got really good you know is is whenever you lean into that crazy time travel stuff yeah um and then this is 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 kind of going back more towards the uh the kind of dark gritty kind of a tale there um so i i very much have enjoyed the first two episodes i i actually like um I've been watching on the CW app. And so by the time like I watched this one, like, I watched the pilot and I realized that the CW app didn't have episode two on it because they've gone that many more seasons. Like they only keep five episodes mm. at a time up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then I was like, well, how am I going to watch episode two? So I just bought it on iTunes. So it was enough. It's not of- on Hulu. It, it, it's not on Hulu. CW shows haven't been on Hulu um, this season uh, mm. because they want to push their own app and their own uh, advertising and things like that, which is all free there. That's crazy. So like you don't have to pay the Hulu subscription for it. Hmm. Um, but it is, you know, it's it's not on. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So I, it was enough for me to go ahead and go into iTunes, the iTunes store, and buy like spend a couple bucks on the episode. So I was yeah. like, okay, this is. I'm in now. Um, so now I'm going to like finish watching it on the CW app and like nice. be, be caught up. So yeah, that's what I have been up to this week. Cool. What have you been up to this week? So um, normal kind of stuff. Fortnite. I've been playing through Forza Horizon 3 still, going through and uh, um, picking up a lot of the uh, the achievements I didn't get, finishing the campaigns for Hot Wheels and uh, what is it, Blizzard Mountain? I still don't finish the campaign for Hot Wheels. I I'm I finished the campaign for Hot Wheels. That last final race is amazing. Yeah. Um. And so I should just I should just do it. Yeah, you should totally do it. The Blizzard Mountain. I hundred percented Blizzard Mountain. So I have. A, you mean all the race? Everything? At all the races. The only thing I didn't do was all of the uh, like was the uh, what are they called? The circuits. So like where you have to do three oh, races. So yeah. I didn't do any of the. Did you do any the drift? Of the I am the worst at the drift challenges. 
I you have to really tune your car specifically for the drifts. Yeah. And then um you have to figure out which direction to go through the drifts. Yeah. So it's kind of like a puzzle in that way. Yeah. It's, it's it reminds me. It reminds me a lot of burnout crash mode. Ugh. And so that's yeah. So like if you didn't like the burnout crash mode, which a lot of people did and a lot of people didn't, but if you didn't like the burnout crash mode, then it's it, just so the drift challenges are, are interesting. You know? Yeah. At least to me. It's like, yeah. well, this is arbitrary also the rewind feature is amazing on the drift uh challenges yeah like the the, the thing about the rewind challenges uh that frustrate me are if you rewind rewind out of the front of the obstacle it says failed and then you have to like give it a few seconds before you yep. can actually go back in it's just like super annoying yeah yeah um but yeah like i uh what I actually did with that was I found the car. Like I found, and I can I can let you know. I'll look at I'll look on my me. game and tell you what car it was. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the uh, one of the like the smaller cars, like one mm. of the little like almost like Mini Cooper looking cars. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I'll give you that, and I'll give you the tune that. Yeah, I you have. should just send send me both those because like, this is the thing. So I you know like and I and I I saved up for like one of the supercars or whatever. Yeah. Um, and ended up like going off. I think you told me to buy the Hennessy. Uh, car like you'd played that in forza horizon 2 yeah there's that and then the, the mclaren uh p1 is also i haven't picked up the mclaren yet i'm saving back up for that that's like um, a, a mil and a half <laughs> yeah so um well i thought it was more than that it might be two mil and a half i don't know yeah because i have two something right now i thought i needed this much to get it Probably. anyway so uh but i got the the, the hennessy and i'm able to like take care of pretty much any Speed trap, yeah, or speed zone, yeah. Um, especially with the the right tune, yep. And so I just need a good drift car to go back. And then, and if dude, if you give give me a good drift car, I'll go back into the main campaign and go do all the drift things. Dude, the drift the drift stuff is interesting because I have like two cars that are really good at drifting, yeah. And like I literally would just go around to the entire map, and then like sometimes even getting from point A to point B in these cars is incredibly difficult because yeah. they just want to drift. Right. Like they, they just inherently want to drive sideways, <laughs> which is really weird as you're going down the highway, like driving sideways. You're like, Hey guys, <laughs> um, dude, but I, yeah. I'll tell you what was the lifesaver is unlocking the fast travel feature. Oh yeah. Like, well, especially like you can make it cheaper and cheaper with your upgrades on like your, uh, on the RPG kind of page. Yeah. I mean there, well, there was only one where it was like, it just unlocked fast travel everywhere for free. Yep. And yeah, like that was a game Super changer awesome. because I was having to be like, okay, well, I need to go over here, but what's in between here and there? Might as well take care of these other things. <laughs> didn't, didn't have to do any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about fast travel, like I I didn't fast travel until I was pretty much done with things and yeah. like was just like hitting the hitting the stuff that I missed yeah. because I wanted to try to get as many of the uh, the billboards as possible, which mm. I'm at the point now where I'm, I just need to buy the treasure map. Yeah, I bought the treasure map because like it, it was it was to the point where I'm like, I am going out of my way and yeah. just running through random places that I get stuck in and stuff like that. It's just not fun anymore. Right. Well, then okay, then why am I doing it? Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, um, I got the treasure map and and got all the the bonus boards. And, That's awesome. And and all and it gives you the. The, the bonus boards and everything for all of them. for Yeah, all the, the main, DLCs? Yeah. Ooh, cool. So yeah. they're not separate like purchases or whatever. Nope. Nice. Yeah, so it's like two bucks and you get everything. That's amazing. I need to do that because like the next time I go in, like that's what it'll be. It'll just yeah. be like, hey, let me clean up. On the main campaign, I did all of the exhibition races and a lot of the uh, circuits. And so yeah. I feel like I might eventually go back in and do all of the rest of the circuits. I'm gradually making my way through though. Like right now, like I was kind of going through and... Uh, Picking up the um, circuits that I 
it's actually champion. They championships. Call them championships. Yeah, that makes sense. The championships that they uh, um, that I had already done exhibition races for mm-hmm. to like just kind of just gray out those areas. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I still have a ton to do. That, that game is just huge. I don't know. I mean, let's see. How is the 4K update? Is, 4K is looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's not really even just the 4K, which 4K, like, you can tell the difference with 4K for sure. Mm-hmm. It's the HDR that mm. looks crazy. I also, like, I was reading a uh, a kind of, a, I don't know what you would call it. It wasn't an interview, but it was, like, a, a piece that IGN did, Luke Riley from IGN, who, like, reviews all of their racing games. Yeah. And... Uh, he went up to playground and talked to them about like, how did they utilize the technology of the Xbox one X? Like, what did they use the power on? And they were talking about, Hey, we used it on the skybox, like the three main things to enhance the skybox, to enhance the road right in front of you and enhance the look of your car. So they did like, they, they increased the resolution of the reflections in the paint job of Mm. your car. They increased like how the road like renders right in front of you and how like motion blur works in the sky, like Mm. whenever you are going super fast. And so like, I, I was super intrigued by that article, so I'm really interested to potentially like come over to your place and yeah. see this thing. Yeah, um, to see like, hey, what what are the big differences? Here? I mean, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen in my life, and the, and the, I don't. I just, thought that even without the Xbox One X, right? You know, well, and now it's even better. <laughs> like the only performance issues I've, I've seen since this update is there's some hitching in places whenever you're going really really fast, mm. and I think it's like it's just not loading as smoothly as it should. Mm, um, the open world, I the, see. Yeah, uh, but. Other than that, perfect performance. Um, it's just a beautiful game. Do you think that we're going to get Forza Horizon 4 this year? Yes. Yeah? I, I hope so. I hope so too, man. I don't know what the heck they could do to it. To like, Other than a new location, like I don't know how... Like, What can they do gameplay-wise well, to improve I, on this? I, th- I mean, I don't know about... Well, game system-wise, you know, like... Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. Um, it's going to come down to like what kinds of environments there are. Like you know, the outback that was a drastically different environment than yeah. some of the places that were in Forza Horizon Two. Correct? Yeah, Forza Horizon Two took place majority in like uh, Italy and like that, like middle of Europe kind of. So thing. like, what if this you know next one was in some place like South America, or we've talked about it being in like China or something like that, where you have like these rainforests and you have you know like cold mountains and drive on the great wall, you know, I don't know. Crazy stuff like Crazy that. Crazy yeah, stuff, yeah, you yeah. know, or well, like, I mean, the thing about, if you're like, in the Amazon, you're going through the jungle. The interesting thing about like the way that they've done these games, as well as the Forza Motorsport games, like in the way they, they trade technology back and forth is like for the, the DLC for the horizons, they will try things and then implement them like as part of the main game yeah. of motorsport. And then the following horizon, uh, thing so like for in forza horizon 2 one of the uh dlcs was storm island right so it's like this extreme rain weather and like big thunderstorm systems and then that was actually in forza horizon 3 main game like right. all these storms would just pop up and all of a sudden you're in the rainforest there and it's you know it's, it's blowing all the trees around yeah um but like my thing is they've done the 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 blizzard mountain so you assume snow is going to be in whatever the next iteration is yeah. and like from the get go and then the oh, hot wheels one so like well, i don't know what well, they can really pull from that well, and this is the thing like i feel like with each successive horizon they've gotten crazier and crazier like even forza horizon 2 with it being in southern france kind of feels kind of safe you yeah. know like that's still a racing environment 
Um, and it was a lot like I felt like it was a lot like of locked to roads. Like there were certain there were certain fields that were kind of walled off to what you couldn't right. get into. Um, where it was like, oh well, I, in order to get from point A to point B, I have to take this road. And there's some of that in Forza Horizon Three. Like whenever you're going from like the outback to the uh, surf town or whatever it's called, mm. there's like a huge section of the map that just has this like wall around it. Mm. And I'm like, this makes zero sense why this is here, but okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess they just want to force you onto the roads there. But yeah, yeah, like you felt. It felt way more restrictive in Forza Horizon 2. Yeah, and I think even Forza Horizon 1, same same sort of difference. It was in like Colorado is where they kind of based that one. So there's a lot of like open kind of places that you could go through for like the off-road races and things like that. But at the same time, there was still like a lot of like, oh, here's a barrier here that you can't really get past and yeah. you know that sort of thing. So there's like decently large chunks of the map that are just like you can't go there. Yeah. I feel like maybe the next one will gradually, like, even more greatly reduce those. Yeah, so. I mean, maybe greatly reduce it, but I, I think, like, even in terms of just the overall, like, absurdity of it, they could ramp that up, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, we had, you know, with Hot Wheels, we have these giant Hot Wheels ramps everywhere, and I know they licensed that property, but, like, they had to, like, that they made that decision. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I mean, who knows? You know, you could just do crazy, I mean, and we were racing, you know, like, Hey, we're racing a train. We're racing this giant, right. you know, like airplane or whatever. Like they, they did that in Forza Horizon two, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, or hot air balloons or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But boats. boats. I think they did yeah. like, oh, there's just some speed boats. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Ramp that up a little bit, and who knows what they can do? For sure. I remember the DL, or there was a standalone DLC for Forza Horizon Two that was the uh, Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Um, it, was free, it was it was free for a while. I don't know if it still is. I think it was. Uh, no, I think it's like ten bucks now. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's really an expansion now. It's a large portion of the map. It's not all of the. Yeah, map I, I played. I played and completed that. But it's like they they the whole thing that they added with that was like the uh, the NOS like being able mm, to boost yeah. that hasn't returned to the series. That's so true. You, That's so you true. wonder if maybe that would be something that they would be interested that in was doing. Really fun. Um, at some point, you know, it's like oh, yeah. you know, there's a NOS system. I do love like a lot of the customization options they put into Forza Horizon Three, and like yeah. I hope that a lot of those newer customization things will make their way over. So. Oh, I'm sure they will. Like. Even They're not like Destiny. Stuff. They don't take features away in between <laughs> games. That's correct. <laughs> that is very correct. Well, that's the fun thing about like once they've got a car in the game, like yeah. it usually carries on over. So I'm happy that they have like a lot of those uh, Australia exclusive cars in there too. True. So like that'll carry over to to the main main kind of games. Maybe you didn't see like the one of the reasons I would love to go back and buy Forza Horizon Six is because they had that. NASCAR expansion. Forza that, Motorsport 6. Sorry, Motor, Ford, Motorsport 6. Yeah. Because uh, they had that NASCAR expansion, mm. and that hasn't carried over to 7. Otherwise, I'd pick up 7. I wonder if you. I wonder if that's more of a licensing deal. Probably, yeah. Mm. Well, but they all are. Like, True. They license the cars from Ford, Chrysler. Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's why, yeah. What, was it Porsche that wasn't in the... In, in Forza until six, yeah, is that the first so. time it was in. I think so. And then then they introduced the uh, a DLC pack for the previous for uh, Horizon. Horizon. So yep. it was just like, hey, this is now in the main game. Yeah. And then now you can. That was a big deal. So it's, so it's yeah. all licensing, um, and I'm sure they look at, hey, what what cars are played the most, used the most, mm -hmm. what which one are people really drawn to? I mean, yeah. they have to have a big um, stable of cars mm -hmm. in order to make it appealing. Or just to give you some variety. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you know, if no one's driving this won't this Cadillac, yeah. you know, then why why put why it in the game? License to put it in the game. Unless one spend of, the time developing it. Yeah, I mean like that and that makes sense. That makes sense. And that's why like whenever you I would imagine 
whenever you upgrade like big big leaps like if they changed the engine or if they changed like the, if they yeah. had to basically remodel all of these cars in the environment or with the the different physics engine or whatever then you'd see a lot of cars drop off potentially yeah um because like if, if the work is hard but if it's easy to do and it's like hey this we can add on tack on another hundred cars onto this game like or whatever from past games or yeah. 20 cars or whatever um You'd you would think, hey, yeah, let's do that for just for the the bullet point on the back of the box. I don't have the ability to do it because I don't have any of the previous ones. But I love like there's the at least I see what I think is the option to import um, tunes from your other uh, your other games. So say you had the same car and yeah. Forza Horizon two, you can import it into three. I think since Forza Horizon or Forza Motorsport four, mm. I think that's been a thing. So That's now cool. for like what five games, six yeah. games at this point, like or you know, it's 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 been that option. So like literally my McLaren from Forza Horizon Two, as soon as I bought the McLaren in Forza Horizon Three, I could load on whatever tune I had before. Yeah, so which is awesome. Yeah, very cool. Um I also, John, played a brand new game and finished a brand new game. Chris, that's awesome. First yeah. one of the year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played a game called Hue. I can't remember where I got this. Was it free at one point? It's. It, was it on PlayStation? No, no, no. no. This was on Xbox. On or did Xbox. I buy it super cheap? I think you bought it super cheap because I think okay. it, I think it was free on Xbox or on PlayStation oh. like a while back, like okay. a, a long time ago. Yeah. Any. Either way, like I I had it downloaded. And I'm like I'd been it's it's been sitting there and it intrigued me. Yeah. It looked kind of limbo esque. Um, where it's, you know, like the character was like this little boy and it was in black and white and, but, um, and it's a platformer, but like, that's where basically the similarities end. <laughs> um, you get into it and it's, uh, it's a puzzle platformer, mm -hmm. but it's not incredibly hard. Like, I don't think it's going to like, it would, it would, it would not break off. my brain. I don't think it would break your brain. Well, I will say, um, it was late at night, but two of the puzzles broke my brain in mm. terms of like, I had to look up how to do them. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I just think like, and once I saw how to, I was like, oh man, that's so simple. Um, but it's like, cause they get you into this, they get you into this loop where it's like, becomes so complex that you're looking for the, a complex solution. <laughs> whatever the solution is like super simple. And you're like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. So you're, you, you have this, uh, you have this color wheel. Um, I'm not going to get into the story cause the story explains all this and what it is, but it's got a really cool story where this, this boy is looking for his mother and she's reading, he's reading letters to her along the way in each level and stuff like that. And it's, it's narrated. That sounds awesome. Or not to her, from her. Um, and there's this color wheel, and you start off with one color, and the color wheel changes the background. So, mm -hmm. um, like, you start off and, like, you make the sky blue um, because it's blue. And, well, then you go down to the mine, and you encounter a, um, uh, a climber or a, uh, a miner, and he is trapped behind a cave-in of blue rocks. Well, as soon as you use your color wheel turn the the uh, the background blue the blue rocks aren't there anymore because they blend into the background it's the same color so then he can pass through so that apply that to I think it's a total of eight colors and um, so you're like you know like once it gets really complex it's like well you're jumping from a red platform to a blue platform and so you want the, the background to be purple so you can see both of them but then there's uh, blue spikes that come down, so you switch it from blue and super interesting. Yeah, so like so that they are not there, and you can go through them without hurting yourself. And so it's it's really really cool the way it like it plays with things. There and they introduce new 
uh, the mechanics are the same throughout the game in terms of you're switching colors. That's all yeah. you're doing. Um, sometimes you'll jump from one to the, from one platform to the next. So that's a platforming element. But then it introduces things like lasers, colored lasers, or switches, pressure switches, or interesting um, switches that turn on whenever the colored lasers hit them. So, like, say there's a, a yellow block and they're uh, blocking a red laser from hitting this sensor. You have to turn the background yellow so the red red thing can hit the sensor. And then they introduce the, some paint later on where you can start painting these. You can push uh, blocks underneath this paint to change some colors because you need this block to be a different color than it actually is. And so it's this big, like, you know, just puzzle thing. Like, you can say you have a blue a blue block and you need to get the gr- uh, purple block through it. You turn the background blue, you can pull it through it and then turn it back and they're both there. That's crazy. I know. It's crazy stuff. That's awesome. But it took me about six hours. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and I recommend it to pretty much anyone. Like, again, um, there were only two ma- uh, maps that actually rooms that got, got me stumped. Mm-hmm. But I was it was late at night, and yeah. it ended up being, like, the most <laughs> simple, simple solution. solution ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. That this, I, was, I, I, have, I remember back um, whenever this game was, like, being announced or, like, originally came out or whatever, I, somebody was talking about they talked to the developer, and they were like, oh, so what about for people who are colorblind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like a colorblind mode that yep. uses symbols yep. rather than actual like colors. And so like if if somebody, you know, wanted to wanted to play it like and can't dis- differentiate a couple colors from each other, like you can you can use those symbols yeah. to actually still play it. And like I think like my only knocks against it like um would be that some of the colors are really close to each other. So like, you know, for instance, um yellow and orange, they didn't use drastically different colors of yellow and orange because like mm. everything's basically neon mm-hmm. like they want it to be really bright and vibrant right, okay right but neon yellow and neon orange are super or sorry yeah are super yeah. similar and then sometimes uh neon yellow and neon green i would get confused so even for somebody who like doesn't have like a yeah i don't have colorblind challenge exactly you know? and well and then the there was there's a like there's a darker neon purple and then a lighter neon purple or pink. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, sweet. And those you know? I would get confused all the time. Now, yeah. The two blues, not really, because that's like baby blue and like neon blue or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's, it's just a little easier, but that's my only complaint. Like, so like there was a time whenever I was like, man, maybe I'll just turn this on just because like this is bothering me how much I'm not. How, yeah. Like this is. Like you can't, I, I can't differentiate between these two. I can, but I was making sure. mistakes, and then I'd have to play yeah. the whole thing through again. Yeah, you know? I see, I see. Um, because like whenever you switch the colors on the color wheel, it it doesn't, um, it it slows time down, but it doesn't stop it. So mm. it, you have a limited amount of time you can actually make your decision to change the color to. Interesting. So you can't just like jump up in the air and then like hold up before you fall on some spikes or something like that. You have to, gotcha. you literally have to make a decision. So it's like bullet time and uh, yes, red dead exactly. rather than it being like a complete like freeze. But that's literally my only complaint yeah. um, is that they're too close to each other. And if they are, then just turn on the, the, it's like these little runes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's like, Oh, there's a moon, there's a mountain, there's a, uh, like a, a, a globe. Like yeah. they, they're very unintrusive as well from the screenshot that right. I'm looking at. Like, yeah. so it, it might be something like where I would probably maybe turn that on from the get go personally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you think that'll help, definitely. Um, the, uh, the music is really like calming. It's all like piano nice. music. I love it. And it's really nice. I don't even look to see if the soundtrack is uh, available, but I would totally listen to that. If, uh, 
I wanted to just uh, relax. You know, music in games is incredibly important to me yeah. personally. Yeah. Like, if if a game has a great soundtrack, like, that just takes it to another level. Where it's like, I want to go play that game because I want to listen to the, the soundtrack. Um, so, that's awesome, dude. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to... I wonder if it's... Uh, seems like this would be a, a good, like switch game i mean i feel like it would be it would be you know almost every game would be a good switch game like this like oh yeah it'd, be, it'd definitely be a great it'd be a great switch game so hopefully i mean i would love to see it see it come to that platform but it's been on it's on steam it's on ps4 it's on xbox one so like i don't think they have a problem with it coming to it just didn't i think it came out before the switch was right was out right well and then like every every indie indie developer is now putting their things on switch like constantly right and so it's like it, it may be just a matter of time before it happens so yeah cool but yeah i recommend it it's great great game and so you finished it completely finished it completely finished it the only achievement it's i didn't awesome. get was one where you have to like there's these little um beakers hidden around every area and you can go collect them which mm. i love collectibles but there's like 150 something of them and i got four yeah in the main campaign so like yeah I feel like that's just like so much time going back through the puzzles again yeah. just to go find them. That sounds like, I mean, there's like the similar thing in like Celeste where there's like so many different strawberries. Yeah. And like even at one point, like on one of the loading screens for the next level, like where they give you tips or, or like encourage you like about the game. Yeah. They were like collecting all the strawberries is is really cool, but uh, it's basically just so you can brag to your friends. It doesn't do anything gameplay wise. Yeah. Like, there's no like second ending, you know, if, if you collect all of them. So yeah. like, it just kind of let me off the hook. After I saw that, I was like, well, not getting, not getting them. <laughs> listen, listen to how calming this music is, dude. It's like Minecraft. Yeah. Can't you just like listen to that forever. Yeah. I feel like I have, like, with Minecraft. I'm going to download this soundtrack and just listen to it, well, dude. I couldn't find it. might be available on iTunes. I couldn't find it on Apple Music, so. That's awesome. But this is on uh If I find YouTube. it, yeah. I will slip it into this podcast at the uh, at the, the different breaks. So. Yeah. It's it's a. People will probably go to sleep. I, I enjoyed this game <laughs> on, mul on multiple levels. You know, like, it's a uh, a puzzler, which I like puzzlers. Yeah. But it's not, it wasn't incredibly hard where, like, I had to just, like, beat my head against a wall on it had great music great yeah. atmosphere cool story um yeah i love it i'll have to i'll have to check it out man well chris mm. i think it's time for the news the news so this is interesting yeah marvel's infinity war has been pushed up by a week what? To April 27th. That's so strange, man. Yeah. Um, not really sure why. Uh, I actually didn't investigate why, so I don't know if you want to search real fast. I mean, the only thing <laughs> that I can see that's the following week is May the 4th, like Star Wars Day. Right. But that's what date was originally going to come right. out on. But like, I, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, I mean, they're, they're not going to like... Uh, steal money from one of their other movies unless they're thinking about Deadpool 2. All right, this, is is like from, this is from Forbes. Weeks. Let's read this. This is from Scott Mendelson, a contributor to Forbes. This is four reasons Marvel and Disney moved Avengers Infinity War. I think he said uh, it should be, this is all conjecture. 
conjecture. I don't think this is... Well, of course. Well, contributors of Forbes aren't necessarily the same as like whenever you read an article that's not a contributor from Forbes. He says, this gives them an extra week before Deadpool 2. True. I right. don't know how much that actually competes. Families aren't going to see Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing it competes with is like adult superhero fans. Yeah, you and me. Yeah. Uh, it gives Solo a Star Wars story an extra week of marketing space. Yeah, but... Sure. That doesn't... That's what I was initially thinking. Was like, are they trying to move it away from that? But I think no. this is more likely because I was actually thinking about this. Uh, Disney and Marvel want the world record for a global opening weekend. Mm, so it's like, hey, this is gonna be a, a, a world record for global opening weekend in April. Yeah, but like um, March pro- or May probably has like a lot of stiffer competition. He di- he he dives into it a little bit. He's uh, consider this revenge for Universal Comcast's. Fate of the Furious, breaking The Force Awakens global opening weekend record just under a year ago. Uh, the eighth Fast and the Furious movie opened around the world in April 2017 with a whopping $532 million worldwide in 63 markets, bigger than The Force Awakens, $529 million global opening hmm. in December 2017. Um, so that's, I actually did, I actually did think about that. I'm like, are they moving it to April just so they can just like kill in April and get I mean, like a, that would make sense like i feel like that's the most logical one yeah um i do think it's kind of late in the process like maybe they've been planning on doing this for a while but like this date has also been out there for a while so i don't know maybe they didn't know if they were going to be able to hit it until now um, interesting was this coming out so the his, his fourth point is because of spoilers um what? and he said like he's making a point um is that the global? Well, that's date? what I'm saying. Is the global a week before? In the past, Disney and Marvel haven't necessarily cared about MCU spoilers ending up online via Wikipedia or the like when said films debut overseas first. Yet, by coincidence or design, the global debut of this specific would be climax is going to be that much less spoiled by paying audiences when it opens around the world at essentially the same time. Why is it opening like overseas? Uh, like the majority of of Star Wars as well as uh, Marvel movies have released a week early in the UK. Like that's where their premiere hmm. will be. That makes zero um, sense. It it I mean, it's just what they've for Star been Wars doing. it does, but for uh, Marvel it doesn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's uh, those last two points are probably the the most legitimate. I think. Yeah, the spoiler thing makes sense because it does release on April twenty eighth seventh in the UK. So it's like, I think that one makes the most logical sense from a audience perspective like from a from a consumer friendly kind of a thing it's like i think that would be a good good reason um but like why now why be consumer friendly about this now you know a spoiler friendly now um uh, other than to go ahead and try to break that record so mm-hmm. it might be a little bit of a column a, a little bit of column b and then we have we have this so that's super interesting so if you were planning your um, Avengers Infinity War trip and have your tickets ordered for May 4th, you might want to check that out because they might have been moved I mean, I, or you might need to move them. I don't them. think anything, you could have pre-ordered them unless you bought them at a janky <laughs> theater. <laughs> Just buying them from some dude or in a trench a, coat. You know? a scalper, yeah. yeah. Um, the other piece of news I wanted to talk about, so PlayStation has announced that they are going to end support for the PS3 and Vita for our uh, in PlayStation Plus free games. <gasps> Chris. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Um, so I'm going to read you. This is from the uh, PlayStation blog. Um, they we'll, we'll, we'll do. Yeah. We're just going to go through this. Uh, we have an important service update starting next year. 
March 8, 2019, the PS Plus monthly games lineup will focus on PS4 titles and no longer include PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita titles. This won't affect any games you've already downloaded or will download prior to March 8, 2019. Those games will still be a part of your PS Plus games library as long as you remain a member. Your game saves and other benefits of PS Plus will also remain the same. The only change is that no new PS3 and PS Vita games will be added to the PS Plus monthly games lineup beyond March 8th, 2019. Hmm. Many of our fans are playing on the PS4 platform with the increasingly vast number of PS4s and homes around the world. We'll continue to prioritize, prioritize the benefits you'll receive through your PS Plus membership, such as online multiplayer, online game safe storage, PS4 monthly games, and exclusive PS Store discounts across content and network services. As a reminder, if you do not wish to continue your subscription, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> All the legal stuff that we have to say. Yeah, before that, they actually, I think, I feel like, just to like kind of soften the blow of that, the, the free games for March, Bloodborne. Super awesome. Yep, and Ratchet and Clank. Super awesome. That's what Ratchet and Clank are for fairly P- new for PS4, like new as yeah. well for PS3. Legend of K, Mighty Number no. Nine, crossed by with PS4. So you also get the PS4 version of Mighty Number no. Nine, which is not that great. No. Uh, Claire extended cut, PS Vita, crossed by with PS4. Pauline Buster's PS Vita, crossed by with PS4. So like you're essentially getting five PS4 games. The one thing to note is um, Polygon reached out to. Uh, PlayStation to find out, okay, will this mean possibly that um, in the future, in 2019, for instance, we'll get more than two PS4 games? No. They've said, uh, Representative for Sony told Polygon that after February 2019, the monthly PlayStation Plus lineups will consist of only two free PS4 games. Yeah. So here's 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 my quick take. Yeah. All right? And some of it involves some conjecture. Yeah. Number one, um, I think they're probably looking at play data for both the Vita and for PS3, and mm-hmm. they're saying, hey, it's not worth it for us to spend the money putting these games into PS Plus every single month. Because, like, and I, I vaguely remember... Especially Vita, you would imagine. I vaguely remember the PS Plus, like, the, the money that they give developers for PS Plus games um, is a lump sum rather than based on downloads. Um I could be way off, but like this Interesting. is this is what I remember from like back whenever everyone was trying to dive in, like, hey, how are they doing this? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like whenever it started, and that may have changed, but um, it wouldn't make sense anymore then to say, hey, yeah. Um, but this is the other thing. Could also even, be case even, by even case, downloads. But... So like, I download the PS3 games every single month i don't even own a ps3 yeah but play, never have yeah and playtime like you haven't played those or no, the ones zero, on your yeah. vita in a really long time so exactly like that's my thing is like if they're looking at playtime yeah of like the things especially on vita like i'm thinking like i haven't I, i've i've been buying and and you know getting the vita games or whatever because i'm like oh i could get my vita which is still corrupted um and uh, i haven't reformatted it yet haven't completely decided that this is the time corrupted yet. by ganon um yeah yeah it's <laughs> blight ganon or whatever it is like vita blight ganon yeah <laughs> um anyway the uh but like ever since the switch came out like i've anecdotally been seeing lots of people who like liked vitas played their vita or whatever like be like oh man i'm just playing the switch now yeah you know yeah it's like oh this is like basically vita 2 or yeah. like you know that sort of thing like i've heard a lot of that where it's like the vita used to be a big indie machine like indie oh, yeah. games were the thing Definitely. and now a lot of that has switched over to the uh the nintendo switch and so anyway um i would say 
you're probably right on the money with with the like if they're looking at the play time and they're going hmm also the people over on ps3 if they're trying to incentivize whoever is left still like playing you know random games here and there on ps3 if they're trying to incentivize them to go ahead and pick up a ps4 now yeah like it would make sense to go ahead and do this especially since they don't have any kind of backwards compatibility whenever you compare it to something like um uh xbox right like I play the Xbox games that they release every single month. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but I play several of them that they release for free as part of Xbox Games for Gold because I can play them on my Xbox One. I don't have to go mm-hmm. back to my 360. They come out and that they're automatically right. um, backwards compatible. So like, which this month? What's the one this month? It's Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I booted that up the other night. It's awesome. Yeah. So like, uh, the, I mean. That's my point. Is like uh, these PS3 games I'm buying, they they provide no value to me as a PS4 owner. Right. Um and I would say even PS3 owners who have moved on to PS4, like I don't I don't my PS my 360 just sits there. Yeah. I do not be booted up. Mine's over on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. Unhooked. So, Literally yeah, so it's basically being displayed on my bookshelf over if there. If they were giving me for instance 360 games, that I couldn't play on the Xbox One, then those would just be sitting there. Right. So even people who were people who were PS3 owners, they're not playing these games. I guarantee yeah. it. You yeah. know, like unless this is the only console you own, you're still like playing, which is fine. Like yeah. a lot of people are, I'm sure, but like not enough to make this worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, especially not with the runaway success that PS4 has been. Right. Well, and I, what I'm hoping is that you know they're saying that. Well, here's another thing. So several games, just because of the nature of how um, PlayStation was doing it before, are cross-play play or cross-buy. Sorry, cross-buy. So they are basically giving you, like this next month, yeah, five PS4 games. Why would I go out to the store and buy a PS4 game? Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't think they're hurting for, for cash with their games, but still, like I've got five PS4 games sitting there. Yeah. Well, then I also thought, I, I have thought before that like, They've got a, a whole other platform that they potentially need to like strengthen the install base on, yeah. which is PSVR. And so, like, I wonder if eventually they will start offering kind of like using the money that they would have spent on the PS3 and the Vita games to get those for free. I wonder if they will do a similar thing with PSVR because one of the biggest things about these kind of free games is like if you're still on an old platform, like or even with my with my uh, Vita, like I was a PS Plus member for a couple of months before I got my Vita because there was like a couple of months there where I was like, oh, I will buy those games whenever I uh, get a Vita. And so before, and I knew I was going to get my Vita eventually. And, uh, And then... And so by the time I got my Vita, I had like six games sitting there ready, waiting for me to play on it. And like, so if they do something like that with PlayStation VR, it could incentivize more people to be like, hey, I've got like six games to play on a PlayStation VR headset. Let me go ahead and pull the trigger and buy that thing whenever it hits version two or version three and it's cheaper. Yeah, that's my other thing that like I was thinking about is like, I could totally see them adding to this. Like they're taken away and I don't think they have anything to announce right now. But what happens if on the stage at E3, they're like, hey... We now two games a month from PlayStation VR are up there. What if they announce some kind of like new handheld that we have no idea is coming? Yeah, and the, you know, like they announce <laughs> two games crazy. a month. That would be crazy. I mean, but still, like, wouldn't this be a good setup for that? It would. You it know, would. like, it would be insane. It, it would. It what, what would what would what would not be cool is like on the stage of E3 saying, "Hey, we have this new handheld. It's also going to be a part of PS Plus." 
also, sorry, by the way, PS3 and Vita, yeah. not supporting that anymore. You kind of get know? the bad news out of the way now. Yeah. And then, like, whenever it's time for hype time, you know, you. Bad you would, news, which honestly yeah. doesn't even feel like bad news because, at least not for me, if I, you know, if, if I. If I was still playing my Vita on a regular basis or playing yeah. a PS3, then yeah, I'd be well, bummed. But it's also been how long? Like, I mean, I'm surprised they waited this long. If yeah. I'm honest. Well, and also it's it's a year in advance. We have a year before this stops. Right. Like they're not going to stop this until 2019. That's so. 24 games, Chris. Yeah. Tw- I mean, per at least. per per your Vita and your yeah. uh, PlayStation 3. Yeah. So like, plus, what if they are able to provide? PlayStation 4 games of the quality of Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank yeah. on a more regular basis. Yeah, and like both of those they own, like, and so it's like that's they don't have to pay, yeah, pay nearly as well, much for that. So they don't own, um, I don't know that they, uh, well, do they own Bloodborne? The, the IP for Bloodborne? Uh, yeah. I think they do because. I mean, the, the, they don't own the studio. Right. I think they From pa- software they don't own. They had Demon Souls and then, then Dark Souls is, is completely like. like Open it's to every platform, right? And then they hired them to do a second party game with Bloodborne, I believe. Okay. So I think they own the IP on Bloodborne. Okay. And Ratchet and Clank, obviously, they own, but right. um, yeah, for sure. I mean, but still, say they put Horizon Zero Dawn in there or The Last of Us. It's crazy. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, start throwing some of these games some that are like um, what I would consider higher quality PS4 games than we normally get. Yeah, more critically acclaimed ones or, or whatever you, yeah. we would call it. Yeah, yeah, and like that the makes order, sense. Throw that in there, you know, like that wasn't even critically acclaimed, but <laughs> I mean, be cool, it'd be cool to have critically you know, as a, as panned. You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it comes comes to mind. Um, but I would play it. I would play it if yeah. it was in there. Um, yeah, dude, I'm excited to play Bloodborne. Um, I've I have watched a lot of that game, and it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to appeal to me. But we'll find out. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I am too. <laughs> I for, we we need to finish Gauntlet. We do. I I have it installed on my PS4, and uh, I'm waiting for the day, dude, to All take right. down that dragon. <laughs> was it a dragon? I think it was. I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> I think the wizard turns into a dragon, right? At the oh, end? sure. Those I games don't... always end with some sort of a dragon. I think. Do not remember. I'm fairly certain that Gauntlet Legends back on Dreamcast ended with a, a dragon. Don't remember. No, maybe it didn't. I think it ended in hell. I don't know. Those games are that so weird. That was the best game, though. Oh, dude, it's so awesome. Because they had the hub world. Yeah. My goodness. Makes me want to play the Dreamcast. I have it hooked up downstairs. That's amazing. I also thought about the other day. There's a game on Dreamcast that I've never finished. Like, never played. We played the demo. And uh, and then, like, I have never purchased it to buy it. The uh, Skies of... Uh, Skies of Arcadia. Arcadia, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. I want to buy that game Do used it. and then play it on the Dreamcast. Do it. It's going to look hideous on uh, on the TV, but <laughs> it's uh, it's. It, I feel like I want to do that because that game, I, I've always wanted it. I, I haven't told her it. yet, but I just picked up, I don't know, we're just going down a rabbit trail now. Um, <laughs> I no told longer her, the news. I just picked up the uh, the Lego games are on sale oh, nice. on uh, Xbox. That's awesome. This week. And I picked up the Jurassic Park game because all four movies are in there. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so mm, even though Jurassic World kind of removes... Jurassic Park 2 and 3 from the, like, canon. Does it? I'm pretty sure it does. I don't think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. I don't think it does. We'll have to look that up. <laughs> but I think... Maybe it does. I don't I know. I think it does. I think it completely, think it like, retcons those other two movies. Let's look. I'm going to look that up. That's, okay. That's bothering me right I mean, now. that seems like... It seems like if if the, these, <laughs> these dinosaurs had attacked, like, mainland... Uh, places that they wouldn't then be able to fund the entire thing but there was like an arg like a like a 
some sort of a website for that organization, Hammond uh, organization, like before Jurassic World came out, that explained a lot of things. So it might very well might be in the same universe somehow. I'm excited right. for the next one. This is from screenprism.com. <laughs> what if you're like, this is from Question. Cousin Jim. We're, we're going to read this together. Okay. Where does Jurassic World fit in the Jurassic Park canon? Oh. 22 years after Jurassic Park hit the silver screen, Steven Spielberg's monster flick has spawned three additional movies, multiple video games, and a gazillion toys. Uh, blah, 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 blah. When Jurassic World arrived in theaters, people seemed a little confused, especially since director Colin Trevorrow explained his film was a direct sequel to the original. Yeah. Does that mean The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 were no longer canon? Hmm. That's what a lot of people thought. According to The Dissolve, the events of The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3, which had the dinos expanding to another island and a T-Rex in San Diego, apparently never happened. Yeah. Andy Fair was also baffled, claiming that Trevorrow had driven the middle films to extinction. Yeah, that's what I thought. According to Trevorrow... By the way, a nice dinosaur pun there. Oh, yeah. So have Steve Spielberg's sequel and Joe Johnson's solo effort really gone the way of the dinosaurs? Not according to Colin Trevorrow. In an interview with Yahoo, the Jurassic World director stated that The Lost World and Part 3 were still very much a part of the franchise. Mm. He was just setting them aside for the time being. After all, both films were set on Isla Sorna, while Jurassic Park and Jurassic World took place on Isla Nebular. Since the films were set in different locations, Trevorrow didn't see the need to prominently mention the other two films. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow says Jurassic World exists in the same universe as The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, but really that doesn't make any sense at all. How could Engine open another park after a T-Rex attacks San Diego? That's what I was about to say. Like, it seems like nobody would go back to that park. Um, let's see here. Uh, ooh, here's some. I'm, I'm skipping some stuff now because this is just getting... Uh, of course, that's not to say Jurassic World completely ignores its predecessors. If you've seen the movie, you will know there's no shortage of direct references to the 1993 original. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. As for the other two films, there are a few references, but most of them are found online. If you visit Masrani Global, an official website set up by Universal Pictures, mm-hmm. you'll discover Jurassic World CEO Simon Masrani bought Engine in 1998, one year after the disastrous San Diego incident depicted in The Lost World. The site also explains that Vic Hoskins, head of Jurassic World Security, played an important role in capturing the pterodactyls that escaped from Isla Sorna in Part 3. <laughs> but as for direct references in the movie, Colin Trevorrow pretty much ignored the Lost World, but there's one sly reference to Part 3. In the film's crazy climax, the T-Rex totals a Spinosaurus skeleton, and if you remember the Spinosaurus Spoilers. Totally kidding. is the dino that killed T-Rex in the third film. Oh. <laughs> so... Lots of tinfoil hat stuff, but it seems like they're in the same universe. You're right. Apparently. I'm wrong. Even though it makes no sense that anyone would ever want to go to that park ever again. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to, they keep going on. You know, how could Simon Mastrani start cloning new creatures after Sarah Peridactyl's escape from Isla Sorna? Either Engine is bribing every politician and media mogul on the planet, or the Jurassic World filmmakers weren't paying very much attention to the franchise's history. Yeah. Sure, the events were casually mentioned on the viral site, but, the, but still, it doesn't seem like anyone was really thinking through the implications of the last two films. Yep. Since when. Do these kinds of things line up 100% in any way? Uh, that's true, Chris, because in my mind, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. I don't necessarily have to have it make complete sense. If you want to go down a rabbit hole and and get real confused, try looking up the timeline of Marvel films. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, and then then if you try to like if you try to consolidate that with a lot of the like Netflix series and things, it just doesn't. Nothing well, works. Even even not uh, set aside Netflix series because they don't even pretend that each other exists really. Like the show pretend like knows that the that the movies exist sometimes to some extent, but the movies ignore the shows. Yeah. Like, Except for the skyline, the timeline, conspicuously misses the timeline, Avengers Tower every single the time. The timeline within Spider-Man: Homecoming in that one movie doesn't make sense. Yeah, and like when this footage is filmed versus when the Civil War happened versus everything. Yeah, well, there's a yeah, yeah. It's all flexible, Chris. It's all it's flexible. A, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's not flexible. It's time. <laughs> it's time. But that's what I'm saying. I guess my 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 point is like doesn't have to yeah but yeah i mean like i'm glad that they it's back i'm glad i'm glad that it was a direct like sequel of the first one because like the next two like i mean who many i mean how many people really remember those i mean yeah i remember really liking the third one when i first saw it but i like that was mainly because the t-rex stomping around san diego i I just never i just never watched them anymore right well i mean like as you think about them you're like well i like that for very specific reasons and most of them were very like shallow reasons where it's like i can i can get as much enjoyment thinking about jurassic park three as i probably would watching it again and so it's like why not just think about it so i don't watch alien three that is the news. <laughs> All right, Chris, we are deep into this podcast. Yes, it's an hour in. We're like, John. yeah, we're 50 some odd minutes into this. Good thing. grief. I kind of want some coffee. You want some coffee? Yeah, like from Starbucks. You want to make a Starbucks run? Here? No, it's fine. We can make a Starbucks run. No. Here. Starbucks is still open for, for like 15 minutes, maybe. Oh, are they it, open until 10? It closes at 10? I mean, it closes at 9. Oh, my Do gosh. they close at 9 or oh, they close know. at 10? I don't know. Anyway, we're here to talk about the Switch. Um, Switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that sound effect still, like, whenever the uh, I watch trailers, or, or yeah. not trailers, like, uh, I guess they are trailers, or commercials on uh, for it on TV or whatever. Yeah. Like, that sound still, I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, so. I hated it to be uh, honest. It's a year, a year, a year has gone by, um, and we wanted to talk about the state of the Switch Union for a minute. I like it. And uh closes uh, at ten thirty. Starbucks closes okay. at, at ten thirty. Right, well, let's get so this done quick. We're still we're still good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um and talk a little bit about kind of where it's been, what kind of impact it had on the, the gaming landscape. Yeah. Um where what we're excited about, possibly where it's going. Yeah. Um and uh and we'll see where the conversation goes. So came out a year ago. Um, to critical acclaim, um, launched with one of the best games of all time. Yeah, Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and I, I, I want to credit that. You know, like, say, say this console had launched with a lesser game, or maybe no games. Yeah, which that seems <laughs> absurd. Yeah, but like, not Zelda. Right. I could see this like the console would have reviewed well, mm-hmm. but I don't think everyone would. It wouldn't be the must-have, must-play thing. Yeah. Well, I also think like whenever it launched last year, there was a lot of 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 people worried about how many games it had because like Nintendo. Yeah, that was the big thing. Had laid out their plans for like three or four months, and it was like they were personally going to release one large game every month for that 
period of time. But like beyond that, we had no idea. And that's still not a lot of games. Like that's in, well, but then they had like a couple of third party things. I think it only launched with like 10 games or this something. This is probably, I'm not saying go out and say, I think. I think this is probably the best console launch of all time. Not maybe not necessarily in, in terms of sales numbers, but right. like in terms of like quality of gameplay experience. Yeah, because yeah, they they launched with this hundred plus hour game that's going to keep you engaged with your Switch for well over a month. I, looked, I still haven't finished that. I game. I looked at my game clock the other day, and my game clock says two hundred. Oh my gosh, that's insane. And I'm, I've, I've done all the shrines, and I've like, I'm the only things that I have left, I have some of the DLC stuff left, and then the final boss. Yeah. And that's all I have left in this game. But it's like 200 or more hours is where it's at. And I think yeah. it only goes in chunks of like five hours at a time. So, you know, you have, they launched with that. There's the one, two, three switch, or no, one, two, three switch is yeah. what it is. One, two, switch, which showed off, you know, like the, some of the touch capabilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, pulled that out during uh, their New Year's and had had some fun yeah. with it. Like that was within it, the next month. Yeah. We had Mario Kart, which like it's the best version, best way to play Mario Kart. Yeah. Um. Uh. That was it was the Mario Kart eight eight deluxe. Yes. Yeah. So and so that, they they uh, brought which, back the the battle mode that everybody wanted. Well, and at that point, who how many people actually played that on Wii U anyway? Like. I mean, the install base for Wii U is like, okay, so at this point in the Switch's life cycle, it has sold more Switches yeah. than the Wii U sold in its entire like five, six yeah, year Yeah, we're, we're a year in. Yeah. Um, and then you got Splatoon 2, um, a highly weighted sequel there. We had ARMS to, uh, as, as like a stopgap where it's ARMS, like, yeah. while like that's a very... I don't think very, that was a huge like seller. I think it sold seller. like a million copies, like a, like a, yeah, one, a, a million and, or more. And so it's like... It was. It did well, yeah. but it wasn't like a blowout, like runaway, like Splatoon two or whatever. Right. Uh, so Splatoon two, and then um, what came right after that? Um, we had Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, Mario Kingdom plus Rabbids. Yeah, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle and Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Um, and then along the way, inside there, like lots of indie games, Rocket League, um, Steam World Dig two, Steam World Dig two. Uh, you have um, uh, Doom came out. Yeah, in Doom the came out season. in the holiday. Yeah, yeah. Um, Skyrim, I think, also came out. That's right. Season. So within like, a couple of weeks of it, all these games for a brand new console, and like you're talking about two of the best games of last year. Yeah. With Zelda and Mario. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and it's like, and it's interesting because like, whenever I dove in with. Zelda, right? I, I I got my console and dove in with Zelda, and then like I got so attached to how I played Zelda, like yeah. where it's like, hey, we're driving. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. I'll like, you know, somebody's driving, else is driving. I'm gonna like play this game. Yeah. And then I would be like, oh, well, I'm gonna watch some TV here, but I'm also gonna play this, yeah. you know. And so like I would be like, oh, awesome. So I got so attached to that method of playing that like after getting like moving on from Zelda or like getting to the point where I'm like, okay, well I need to really focus on this and I, I won't play the, play the final battle or these other things, these big story moments when I'm traveling or whenever there's some other distraction. Yeah. Um, I would still be looking for things to play. So I would boot up like the eShop every single day and be like, Oh, what can I look forward to? down the line. Like yeah. I look at the coming soon and you go, Oh, here's a cool thing. I'm going to like earmark this, put this in my wish list. And whenever it pops up, goes on sale, whatever, I'm looking for something new. I'll have that to play. And so 
I got so used to it that I just started playing more things. I think I mm-hmm. mentioned um, in our kind of year in review that I played and finished more games, I think, last year than I have in a long time. Specifically, like, smaller games, indie games, whatever, but yeah. I still played more games because of the Switch. Yeah. I mean, I prefer it to, like, to I prefer to play certain games on a handheld like that, like um, Sonic, Sonic Mania. Mania. Yeah. Man, like I'm, I'm still, I still haven't finished that on my Xbox. I bought it in both places. Yeah. Um, but I, I finished that whole game on my Switch. Yeah. Um, it changed the way that, like, you know, you the way you thought of handheld games. You know, the Vita was was good, and you had console, what, like what they like to say is console quality games on the the Vita. Um, and and you did with like Assassin's Creed Liberation. Um, and Uncharted, uh, what was it? Golden Abyss, Golden Abyss or yeah, something like that. that sounds right. Um, never played it, but I, that sounds right. I have it. I have it in here. You've yeah. loaned it to me. Oh, nice. Um, but the they still felt like toned down versions of the games. Yeah. So you know, Assassin's Creed Liberation, great game. Did not feel at all. It's it's not as flushed out as a as a mainline Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. And I don't think it could be. Um, Which actually was kind of to its benefit for yeah. like the way I've played Assassin's Creed games before. Yeah. You know? I'm not knocking the Vita. Like, no. But this is not a knock against the Vita. I'm just like, but this is the first time that we've had a handheld mm-hmm. that can legitimately play console quality games, console length games with feature lists that rival every other console game uh, ever. And like, I think like that that bar was set incredibly high right off the bat with Zelda. Yeah, and like well, that, and that and that's, that's amazing. You know, like you think about games that come out early in a console's life cycle. Normally, that's like the benchmark. It's like, well, mm-hmm. here's the minimum that they this system can do. Yeah. If you're saying that this is the minimum <laughs> that this system can do, yeah. I mean, I think we've seen that that's the minimum it can do with with things like Doom. That uh, it's like while it does run at a steady, like rock solid, like thirty FPS, like frames per second, rather than its normal kind of sixty. Yeah, it's like it is a gorgeous game to look at on the Switch. Yeah, and so it's like other other shooters. Like if you're thinking about putting a shooter on that console, it's like well, we yeah. know that you can do it, right? And we know you can do it really well. Yeah. So it's like you now have like this this level of quality. Something like Mario Odyssey. Like the first time I I booted that up, it's like the the way that that game looks on the screen even mm, like in mm-hmm. 720 which is not like super like not even 1080 or whatever yeah it looks gorgeous and so setting that bar incredibly high with their own games as well as things like the the mario plus rabbits games right. like they all perform incredibly well yeah. i mean even like with arms it's like you have a 60 frames per second on that and on an online and it's like that's amazing to me as well through a handheld because it's yeah. using this like tiny little wi-fi signal so i mean like that's it's it's wild to see what they had done technologically yeah. with this thing and then where they set that bar for other other developers i mean after it came out i don't know how many times i thought and heard other people say man i like i just want to take every game with me on the go now. You yeah. know, I want to walk out the door and have Destiny in this handheld. I want to have um, PUBG in this handheld. You know, like yeah, that was the overarching sentiment, and I think still is. You know, like if we could, if I could take all my games on the go, I totally would. Right. Um. So, in that sense, I mean, I think we always probably had that desire within us, or it sounded that sounds like a nice thing. Yeah. But oh, it's we a good option to have. But we hadn't gotten close to that before, hmm. and with the switch we are super close to that 
that's yeah. actually happening. Yeah. Um, and so, and especially it, for me, a lot of the like smaller, more more nugget sized games that are like twenty hours or less, basically, right? Like, yeah. like uh, Steam World Dig Two is a good example. Like that is a game that I wouldn't have really thought about playing on my Xbox because it's like whenever I sit down on my Xbox. I have multiplayer, like I have a Fortnite at this point. I have Destiny. I have like all these big kind of massive experiences, but like something like Steam World Dig Two fits really nicely on the Switch because like I can just run around there, mine some stuff, go back up to the top, and I mean it's like it's it's a good console for those smaller kind of nugget sized experiences. Yeah, I mean I think even something like Fortnite could could play on Vita, oh, dude. I would, or not I Vita, would, sorry, <laughs> Switch. Yeah. Basically, yeah, 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 whatever. It's like Same Vita thing. too. <laughs> No, like seriously, I I would too, man. And I think that art style would work well. It's just can they can they get the kind of behind the scenes net code to work well with the online system? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and again, I'm not a developer, but you know, like, and I don't think that's where I really, you know, I'm going to die on that hill. I don't think that that's necessarily where Epic is wanting to put their resources. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I guess the point is like. I know, like in my mind, I was like, "Well, I could if it was there." You know, yeah. I would if it was there, and so absolutely. Um, I think the our own behavior has changed like, in, in terms of what games we, what game experiences we expect in a in a handheld. Agree. And I think that things like the we'll talk about the future here in a second, but like the fact that things like Pokemon are coming to this is because they know they can't go back to mm-hmm. only releasing on. Yeah. The 3DS. What's crazy about that too is like the president of the Pokemon company after the switch, like I think it was, is sometime late summer. The p- president of the Pokemon company was talking to Famitsu there. It's a p- publication in Japan. And he was saying like, I didn't think the switch was going to be a thing. He's like, I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to do this well. He's like, but now obviously it's done this well. And so we're in. I mean, I don't know that we did. We did right. a, we did a uh, like we watched their press conference <laughs> oh, man. when they announced the switch <laughs> and that was so crazy like such a weird show. Suda fifty one comes out and completely confused the translator. Well, and then what did I don't even remember what game he was talking about. What game was he even talking <laughs> I don't about? No, either. I don't know. Anyway, I mean I love Suda fifty one's games. He's but awesome. He's and they're super nutty. But anyway. Um, yeah, I forgot that dude. He was just like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's like that. The, the translator was so like he was so confused because Suda Fifty One was being Suda Fifty One, and you're like, this is amazing. Um, so, <laughs> like, I don't know that anyone did. I mean, you look at yeah, you look at Nintendo's track record, and they're they have some really big successes, but then they have some just like scraping the bottom of the barrel failures. <laughs> well, I mean, you even compare like just the Wii U, like two two generations yeah. of consoles apart. And you have like, this massive failure <laughs> that, well, some people would say, oh, it's not a failure, it had great games. What? Sure. But like, it's a massive failure sales-wise whenever your yeah. next console outsells it within less than a year. Well, and like, and <laughs> from the outset, this kind of looked like, okay, well, this is just like a better Wii U. Mm-hmm. Like, that's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and, and it's like, you can be as clear as you want about some of the messaging there, and not show people touching because the screen or even, whatever. But even, even Nintendo was like, this is not a a handheld or not a mobile device. Right. This is a this is a console. Right. You can take on the go. I'm like, you're right. just saying different words. You're you're saying the same thing. <laughs> right. 
with different words than you normally use. Right. Well, and it's, it's like, I think Nintendo also has this way of, of whenever they introduce something new, they don't ever want to tell you that the thing that they have now is not good or is oh, yeah. like, or is, is being phased out. Right. So even like, even up until like <laughs> last year, they were still releasing games, like really big name games for like the 3DS and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, they, and they've always been like that. You and know, I, like whenever you look yeah. at the SNES and they're still releasing games for NES. For NES uh, Which Nintendo you would baffles assume. me. They make they make decisions that don't like they don't make sense in any normal like wor- world that yeah. like business world. Like why would you ever do that? Well, and part of it I think is like to service like because they're they're like a they, they're a toy company. They consider themselves like a toy company because they started as like a trading card company. And uh, <laughs> but, and so okay, yeah, but that was what that was tw- twenty five years ago. Oh yeah, it's like thirty years ago. At thirty this point. years ago, but like. They consider themselves like, hey, we are we're like a, a toy maker, and video games are just the toys that we make. Yeah, and so like I think like in a lot of ways like they just try to service like what's best for those toys. And that's and that's fine. I, I, and it's I mean, weird though. Like it's, that it's leads weird. them to weird decisions well, it, of like we're already well into development on the NES. Yeah. Let's go ahead and release it there. Well, I mean, you just walk through their you know the NES success, SNES success. Um, 64. 64 was, eh, it was like moderate. It, moderate success. It was it, like it came out, but then PlayStation 1 was a way better application of mm-hmm. 3D graphics than the 64. Yeah, and it was CD based as well, which was a big, like, a big get. Because, like, originally, yeah. funny, crazy story is Nintendo and Sony had a partnership where Sony was going to put a disk drive into what ended up being the N64, and then Nintendo backed out of that and mm. released the N64. And so PlayStation was just like, hey, we're going to go ahead and release it. And so they released their own version of it as the PS1, and obviously, like that worked out really well because it's new technology. It had a oh, yeah. CD player. Everybody was getting into CDs. Um, from the from the uh, the 64 had GameCube. GameCube, yeah, and it was a oh, middle of the road seller. Like, yeah, um, PlayStation was, Two was still better. Yeah, oh yeah, in terms way of, better in terms of and, and then there were sales. You know, like. You had you had some multi-platform games, you know, like Soul Calibur and stuff like that. But like, right. it, they were still like the better place to play it was on PlayStation, right? And um, largely like that, the the GameCube. Like, I have super fond memories of things like Metroid Prime, like playing those with yeah. uh, with with a friend, um, with Jared, who's been on the podcast before, Jeff yeah. Pinions, um, back in the day on that, and as well as like Smash and stuff like that. Like, it has some amazing experiences that like kept it afloat. Yeah. But it really was it was definitely a, like lower sales well, wise like, than even the sixty four. Well, yeah, and, and you think about like what you're up against. You're up against the, the PS two. You're up against Xbox, yeah, at that with point. Halo um, and Halo Two, mm-hmm. and then um, the 360 generation comes along. PS3, Wii, yeah, Wii explodes because it's completely different than the PS3 or Xbox. Like I think they realized, hey, we're not gonna be able to compete with 3D. Just like we're saying, hey, 3D graphics is the thing, right? And we can't compete there anymore. We need to do something different. So they mm-hmm. introduce motion controls, which revolutionizes the way that um, people play and the types of people who play. You know, yeah. you had you had. Uh, grandma's buying Wii so they could buy that balance board and exercise, you know, yeah. like that well, was a huge success. That went hand in hand with like the, the DS, the Nintendo DS before the three DS. So the DS family, like they introduced a lot of things with the DS with like brain training and things like that. The same similar thing where it's like, let's broaden the audience a lot where it's like, Hey, here's the first kind of touch screen gaming that right. you have um, on the DS. Yeah. And like that was, revolutionary as well and it was at the same exact time as the Wii so Nintendo became like this household name to people who didn't even you know didn't even care about modern gaming like they're 
they're grabbing yeah. Wii's. They're grabbing DS's to to play these like kind of different style experiences. It was a good era, and and they and they rode that out for as long as they could. I think they kind of waited way too long. A little bit too long. Yeah. Um, because like by the time the Wii U came out, it was basically a 360. Yeah, and we're in the next year moving on to the. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And there's a lot of mistakes made with like some of the, the messaging around the, the Wii U where it was like, hey, is this like a is, is this, this a tablet? Wii? Is this like, like the Wii? Because they had so many accessories to the Wii. It was like, hey, yeah. is this tablet like an accessory for my Wii or is this a brand it new thing? It should never been called Wii U. It doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with the Wii. It's a completely <laughs> different console. Yeah. So stupid. And I, I don't know if they were like, hey, you know, good brand association or something like mm-hmm. that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it just, it didn't serve the market well. It didn't right. have a good... Um, ideal consumer. Yeah. Um, and so I don't then you think have they one knew of the most, what it wanted to be. One of the most extreme downs, like you have this really big high yeah. with the Wii coming off of that, and then you have an extreme low yeah. with the Wii U. But you know, but it's it's been this up and up and down kind of journey to get here. You yeah. know, and like for all we know, they're going to release another console after this, and it's going to be garbage. Yeah, but, I mean. I also see like this this console will probably be around for a while. Like I mean, even if you yeah. think about like, I mean, hey, if they do like a mid mid tier upgrade similar to like an Xbox One X, like that would fit really well with this kind of uh, handheld mobile esque console. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I think we see this, you know, stick around for five six years, and we yeah. either see an update because there are things I love. Five, four years, you know, there are things like I think the battery life could improve. Yeah. Um, the thumbsticks could improve. Yeah, um, I could see them releasing some new Joy Cons like that are more more uh, durable, more official, with like, better triggers or something yeah. like that. You know, like hey, I, here's the Joy Con Pro or something. Like, yeah, the yeah. Pro Controller, obviously, right? But like something that attaches. And, well, yeah, for sure. Like I could totally see them. Like they need. There are other things they need to do. They need to have party chat. That needs to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you and I play um, Rocket League together. Yeah. We need, like, come on. Yeah. Splatoon is the same way, where it's like, I wish I, like, numerous times, I'm like, man, I would play way more Splatoon if I could play with friends that, like, and could, talk, to, could talk to each other. Yeah. Like, without, like, a Discord or, or without, like, right. Skype chat or something. Yeah. It's stupid that you have to use third-party apps for that. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, so there are some things they need to improve on, like, and so that's why I, th- I think, like, we'll probably see that come along at some point kind of quality of life kind of things for the people who have have invested in this thing so i guess when you think about you know the the they always have the the like they've had in the past few years with their handheld like uh, the thing that makes you think that so they've iterated on the ds and the ds xl 3ds 3ds xl the 2ds and the the 2ds well and the and the xl you know added a new like joystick and Mm -hmm. extra long battery life that's right and um, a couple of other different things where it's like, okay, this is enough of an upgrade that I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, the new 3DS, that's what it was. Yeah. The new 3DS XL. <laughs> so like... Or I even the see, new 2DS XL it, now. I could see in a few years doing like, hey, this is the new Switch or whatever, yeah. you know, like whatever they want to do. Well, and even you think about like that, like it took them probably four years, five years to, to come out with a new iteration of that handheld. Yeah. And so you figure like we're on a path now where, where it's such a success that maybe three, four years from now we see like some sort of a, a, a smaller upgrade, yeah. you know, and uh, where it's like, hey, here's some extra power. Here's some extra like extra sticks, like you're saying, yeah. like just some sort of a, an upgrade. I also see a potential for like, let's do some sort of a, a 
a downgrade, if you will, like where it's like, hey, the 2DS version of the 3DS, where it's like, hey, we're going to make this a little bit uh, maybe smaller um, and see where that gets like us. Switch Mini or something? I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know that I would want it any smaller. I wouldn't either. I would definitely go for the bigger. Like, if they did a, uh, if they did <laughs> any amount of an upgrade, I would probably buy the the whatever the beefiest version Yeah, and I've is. said before, like, if I could just have a 42-inch size screen and I just hold it, like I'm holding a little... <laughs> TV, get a little like do that. Just, can you imagine the case that would? Yeah, it'd be like a full body backpack. <laughs> it's just like, you know. <laughs> Think about like the. Uh, well, I mean, wait till we get those flexible screens that Samsung makes. Oh, dude, and, you can uh, just roll it up. Yeah, just roll it up. Man, it's crazy stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess like here's here's a couple of questions that I have for you, Chris. Like, right. is it if you didn't own a Switch right now, like? I feel like it's it's a great time to get on. We don't necessarily know what's coming, but like there are so many things that you have to catch up on. Yeah. That like it's a amazing. Like I'm happy that I jumped on whenever I did. Yeah. But like if I hadn't at this point, I would go back and play all these things. Yeah, so. for sure. Like that's the thing about um the Switch and the games that they released. These are games that'll that'll stand the test of time for a while. Yeah. Like probably like the the. Unless Red Dead or something like that comes out and just blows Zelda out of the water, that's yeah. probably the best third-person um, action-adventure game, open world, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's funny is it, it didn't take long for it to enter like my top games of all time, yeah. and it still ha- is there. So like, it all comes down to the games. We've said that before. It, well, kind of. It comes down to, I mean, there were games on the Wii U, but mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until later. It was, it, that's what I'm saying. This was the perfect storm. They have... Great games right off the bat. Mm-hmm. If you pick one up today, there are you know five or six games I can think of where we mentioned them all. Yeah, like that you can play on top of all the indie games that oh, are dude. out there that are so good. Yeah, and um, better on Switch and and like with Celeste, I, there are experiences that I prefer on Switch. Right, right. You know? We're like Celeste, like that one is perfect for like a pick up, you know, play a couple levels and then then put it down kind of yeah. a situation. Yeah. And something like Steam World Dig, same thing where it's like, hey, this is great for like, hey, a nugget size kind of a, a kind of a, a a situation. Yeah, I mean the 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 biggest criticism. Oh, sorry, don't keep the the, the like questions. the games coming up like as far as those go like. There's lots of indie games that are also coming out yeah. for this thing in the future. I think that's that, we well, see. that's that's the criti- like the same criticism. I'm hearing the same criticisms now as we heard very early on. Where it's like, mm. oh, what are the games? What are the games? What are the games? I'm like they just haven't told us yet. Yeah. Like we're barely into 2018. Um, I totally think like Fire Emblem is supposed to be coming out sometime this year, and that was a franchise that I am yeah, all the, over. The rumors, like let's just say, yeah, the rumors like that we've heard are Fire Emblem, Pokemon, Smash. Yeah. Those are three huge franchises you just yeah. drop those games and if those games are the same quality as say zelda and mario odyssey yeah like that's another fantastic year you yeah. know what i mean especially pokemon like yeah. come on dude so like with pokemon it's interesting it's I'm, the I'm, silver bullet uh, they still have that listed for 2018 uh i think that might be optimistic maybe like early 2019 or something but that's fine too um i also think like whenever that comes out whenever pokemon happens like another big uh, wave of switch sales will happen oh yeah and definitely. uh which is nuts i also think about like last year we didn't know about mario plus rabbids kingdom battle before three e3 that's what i'm saying i think at e3 and it came out in july i think in e3 we're going to hear about a lot of things are not because they don't usually do a, a press conference. They do a treehouse. Yeah. Um. But I think we're going to hear about a lot of 
games that we have no idea even exist. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they may be just like Mario versus Rabbids, they come out like a month later. Yeah, and it's like, you know, oh man, no one ever thought about this even happening. You know, right. This, like something that was, uh, whenever whenever it was leaked, like that promotional image was leaked, people were like, I hate this idea. But then it comes out and it's like, this is a great game. Yeah, I know, well, that's the thing. That's the thing that's baffled me. Like the Switch is like that, where it's like, this sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, but then it comes out and it's not. I mean, you think like right now, the the next big thing, I think they're taking a, a risk, kind of taking a stab and experimenting a little with... Uh, Nintendo Labo. Yeah. That comes out in April. Yeah. So like it's not like there's no games. We just don't know about them yet. Mm -hmm. And if those other three big games land in the back half of this year, mm -hmm. along with a couple other ones that we probably don't even know about. Right. Like it's nuts. Like I and regardless, even if two of those games hit, like even if like two of those games hit, it's like, well, there you go. There's a there's a lot yeah, of my even time. Smash and Pokemon, you yeah. know. It's like, oh my gosh, there's like, there's so much of my time right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, I, uh, I, I think as far as my, my gaming habits on the switch, I haven't played it in TV mode in a while. Um, Me neither. I play it pretty much in just handheld mode and yeah. I treat it like a handheld. Like my charger is in like by the bed and like I have a car charger too. So like yeah. if, if I need to charge it in the car while we're traveling to like a place, yeah. uh, that's, that's definitely something I do. Yeah. So it's like, that that is interesting as well. Like looking at the statistics, Nintendo has released the statistics where like fifty percent of of people like there's like this overlap where it's almost split in thirds. Where like a third of people only use it on their on their TV, a third of people only use it in handheld, and then there's this third that uses it for both. Yeah. And it's like so you're getting this weird cross section of handheld slash uh, home console users. So I mean, it works for for all of these things. Well, that's the, like that's the in my opinion, that's the ideal product. Yeah, one where if you're a primarily console gamer, you can play this as a console, like sitting there on your television. If yeah. you are a handheld person, you can play the same thing, same product, and use it as a handheld. And then if yeah. you want to do both, you can do both. Like it, it's a win-win-win. Yeah, all the wins. No one loses in this scenario. All I do is win-win-win-win-win. No matter what, <laughs> and I never stop. <laughs> oh man um does that about wrap it up i mean like we've talked so. about like, the future we've talked about the past yeah and talked about and how we use it we talked about how it could improve you know I, I i uh no product is perfect right um but yeah like it's been it's been fun to see this first year of the switch um and i'm excited to see what comes next you know like this is honestly the this has been more exciting than the first year of the Xbox One or PS4. Agreed. PS4 first year. I don't remember what The Last of Us a remaster came out. Killzone Shadowfall. Killzone, Killzone Shadowfall, which was eh. Yeah. Um I mean, Xbox. Knack. Yeah, Knack. Knack. Which is awful. Knack. It's it, it was a PlayStation Plus game uh, yeah. last month, so. Um grab that if you have it. Trying to remember what else. Also, Xbox One, Rise. That um that Roman game yeah that's um the only other one I can think of is Titanfall the only big Titanfall event that fantastic. I can think of was that Titanfall. wasn't that launched though right it was the first year though yeah I would yeah. agree with that yeah that was a great exclusive for for Xbox and I feel like um, shook up that like the uh, the shooter genre yeah a lot um trying to remember if there was anything else at I launch I don't think so not at launch did, they are launched with a Forza game but that Forza, was Forza yeah Forza four no sport wasn't it. No, maybe it was Forza so five. five. Yeah, yeah it was five. Right. That sounds right. Um, Interesting. Was Halo in the first year? Or was that like after the first year? It was after the first year. So was Gears. True. 
I mean, so yeah, like if you're looking at in terms of like the first year, like this is insane. Yeah. Is it, I feel like it could potentially, like, I am not thinking about necessarily like NES or Super, like, but it seems like that's one of the best first years of a console yeah. launch wise, uh, games wise, like quality wise that I can remember. Yeah. You know, even like Dreamcast or whatever, like it didn't launch with like superb no. games. No. Um, so. Or end with them. Or end with them. <laughs> There's some decent ones in the middle, but yeah. a lot of those got like remastered for other consoles. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks, guys. Arcadia came out for a PS2. I think it was a game. I think it was GameCube that it came. GameCube, out for. okay. And it had like additional content and stuff, which yeah. is the only hang-up that I have with playing it on Dreamcast. Dreamcast. I'm not playing the best version, but, but do I don't you have, have a, GameCube? a GameCube. Yeah. So yeah, I'd have to have to hunt down a working GameCube, <laughs> find the game. Yeah. Um. My favorite, I think, also about this year. Last thought that I have is that being on the ground level of this thing like a lot of times like i'll wait on consoles like you know mm. with a ps4 like yeah. i'll wait until there's like a lot of games that i'll pick up right or the vita it's like i waited until i had a massive list of games that like made it worth it the 3ds same thing i had a massive list of games that i was like okay now it's worth it to, to get this console yeah whereas like being on the ground level of the switch it's been really interesting to kind of play these things as they happen yeah. And to be kind of on that cusp of like all of these games, um, even like the indies, like Celeste and, and Stream World Dig 2, it's it's nice to have played those mm -hmm. like within weeks of them coming out. Yeah. Which is interesting. I it's agree. new for me. I agree with that. Well, like, I, and I would say like, I prefer to be at the front end of every console. Yeah. Um, I came in at the end of the 3DS and mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't because there's so many games I didn't play. Mm. Um, like if you looked at my wish list backlog, it's just like hundred games. Yeah. And... I mean, that's cool and all, but like, I just don't have time to go back and play half that. You know, yeah. I, I pulled it out the other night and um, played uh, played some of the games that I was still working on, but like, man, you know, yeah. but like even PS4, like if I jumped in right now, it's like, man, I have like five games in the, and I still have like five or six <laughs> games I need to play. I still haven't played The Order. I have yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn sitting there that I can't jump into because I've been too obsessed with Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> There's haven't just, we all chris yeah haven't for sure i know uh but i do prefer jumping in at, at the outset of, of these things i mean and i do feel i do like i said i don't haven't ever done that usually before like in, in yeah. the past like i mean i sort of did that with with xbox one but like not not really trying to stay on top of everything yeah but like with the switch this time around it's been it's been nice to not like i still am amassing somewhat of a backlog where it's like in my wish list there and yeah, the that'll always be the case i always have it but yeah but it's like it's more of a thing where i pick the ones that are like the big ones that i want to go to you know oh, i want to <laughs> i want to play mario odyssey and so I get that on the launch and, and go for it. And yeah. it's nice to kind of be on that where I don't have this massive thing of like, oh, man, I'm starting off with 1,400-hour games and it's overwhelming. Yeah, slightly. can you imagine if you picked up the Switch now and you had Zelda and Mario and... But, dude, all I can think of, that is so much awesome. I mean, it's so much <laughs> awesome. It's just like, man, that's that's a lot. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, it's it's interesting also because this launched and like had that kind of tiered thing that you had one kind of big thing at a time where it's like, hey, the yeah. the, the the chunk of March to like May was like this is Zelda. Yeah. Like last year, 2017, March to, to May was like, this is my massive open world three uh third person RPG kind of yeah. best game. I mean, I think they just they were trying to avoid what they the the uh, the speed bump they hit with Wii U where there was just like you know, a six month span where there's just a dearth of games because yeah. they're not being supported. The, the console's not being supported by third party developers. Yeah. And, um, 
because like not indies like the place to go then was the the vita right um and uh and they were weren't releasing any of the games like they took so long to release Zelda because they were developing it for the Switch as well. You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. I think like halfway through the Wii U, they were like, all right, who's yeah. still working on something Change that we this. can switch it to Switch? <laughs> <laughs> can we move you to Switch? How badly would it hurt your game? <laughs> Delay of two years, done. Yeah, check. Oh. All right, so that's uh, that's all we have time for this week. What are we talking about next week? I have no idea. Okay. Cool. I mean, but in, the Infinity War uh, review has moved up. It has. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what's next week. I'm looking. If anything. I don't think we have much of anything. A Wrinkle in Time comes out next week, which I mm-hmm. oh, probably will see. The Oscars. Are, are they this we'll Sunday? Do, we'll do an Oscar recap. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like I'm, that. I'm on... Um, on Saturday, I'm going to see all the Best Picture nominees. That's right. Um, doing the AMC Best Picture Marathon. They're actually doing it in Nashville this year, which is great. It's the first year it's been here. Um, AMC bought all the Carmack theaters in the area, so going to go do that. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be so tired on Sunday watching the Oscars. But it's a good thing because it's a Sunday and you don't have to drive. Like, well, no. Super well, far. Yeah, I'm going over Fultron's house. To watch the Oscars. Oh yeah, because the Oscars are on Sunday. Oh yeah. So like, we'll uh, we'll get we'll home at like exhausted. six a.m. on on Sunday morning. Go to bed for as long as we can. Wake up, go to the party, go back to bed. <laughs> I'm I don't know. Chris, you're you're a wild person. That that Monday at work is gonna be the worst. <laughs> you you are a crazy person sometimes <laughs> with the the, uh, the sleep schedule. <laughs> I this, love it. This is tr- <laughs> this is true. Um, it's not beneficial to me sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> but Chris, all of us who, who know about it are incredibly <laughs> impressed. <laughs> well, good. At least I get something out of it, I guess. <laughs> you get kudos from the, all of us. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have that next week. We'll talk about all the, all the winners and losers. Cool. Especially the losers. No, <laughs> I was I'm kidding. Let's say we don't really mostly, usually talk that much about the losers. Mostly the winners. <laughs> Uh, you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on Twitter at ChrisWright250 and JohnWright777 and at StayInTargetPod please go to your podcast service of choice tell your friends about us review us we really appreciate it that's it for this week we'll see you next time on Stay On Target Target.